You know, several uh, years ago, I was diagnosed with certain health issues that really concerned me. One was a left bundle branch block. That's a condition of the heart where it doesn't beat exactly right and maybe doesn't beat to the full capacity that it should be. And it was issues, uh, some stomach issues, uh, blood pressure issues, and just a, a collection of things that really got me Oh, I don't know, worrying and anxiety. And and I felt, I I tell you what I felt like. I felt trapped, claustrophobic. You know, I'm already claustrophobic anyway. But I felt trapped in a body that just wasn't working right. And, and I mean, what can you do about it? You know, there's very little I could do about it to change it. And uh, accepting that was very uh, tough for me and still is to this day. And I remember t- uh, telling my wife, I told, I said, Teresa, you know, all this was sort of just, just gathering upon me and, and coming down upon my head. And I said, Teresa, I don't want to die. And she said, she said, David, what's wrong with dying? What's wrong with dying? And it was uh, something that I had not, and now, now I, I told this story at our church and uh, just a little side note here. And one of the women at our church was listening, and she said, uh, well, David, you better sleep with one eye open. <laughs> you know, here's your wife saying, what's wrong with dying? Well, you better sleep with one eye open. And I, we all got a kick out of that. That was the funniest thing I'd heard in a long time. It got me thinking, you know, okay, what's wrong with dying? And the, the bottom line is this. None of us want, we, we don't want to die. You know, this physical life, even though we have a relationship with God, even though we know the power of the resurrection, even though we know that Christ is going to return and, and, and set up his government on this earth, he's going to, the first thing he's going to do is resurrect the first fruits. Even though we know that, none of, none of us want to die. And that's why the title of this message is, I Don't Want to Die. And, you know, I, I know that if you're young, this message will probably not mean a thing to you. Because when we're young, we think we are immortal. But the scripture tells us, it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26. And, and this is the great resurrection chapter that gives us hope of living again, of being raised from the dead. But it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26, it says, The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death and i don't know if if we ever in this physical life what i call make peace with this enemy i i don't know i think sometimes that we will struggle with this right up until our death because it is referred to as an enemy and it's it's not our friend it's not something that we look forward to. It's a dread, it is one of the gr- greatest dreaded enemies that we have, and that is death. So I want to talk about this subject a little bit more today with this podcast. Is That Really in the Bible? Presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Why do we have to die? You ever thought about that? You know, the Bible says it's appointed unto all men to die once. You know, and so all of us, 
we have to die. You know, taxes and death is the two things that are absolutely sure in this life. But why? Why do we have to die? And it's, it's a simplistic thing. It's a three-letter word. It's called sin. And we can look back at the original creation account. We can look back at Adam and Eve, and we can, you know, want to kick them in the rear end for what they did. But they were presented a choice, uh, two choices, actually. They, they could choose the tree of life. Or they could make the wrong choice, and they could sin. And, and you know, it's, it's an amazing story. All the trees that are in the garden, you may freely eat. Now, how many were there? How many trees were there? Were there hundreds? Were there thousands of trees they could have eaten from? But there was this one tree. I don't want you to eat of that one tree, the, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And, and guess what they did? You know what they did. They chose poorly. They chose the wrong tree. And, you know I think, and so that that curse has been passed down for all of us because we all sin. We have all sinned, and so we are all, the wages of sin is death, and therefore we all have to face the greatest enemy of all, and that is death. We all have to face it. And I like to think about this story sometimes. I, I don't know what age Adam and Eve were created. I know they weren't created babies. They were created adults and um, late teens, early 20s. And and I think like a lot of young people, they just didn't consider that tree of life. Here was a tree that could have given them life. And they wouldn't have to face that old enemy, death, whatever. And they didn't even consider it. Now, why would I say they didn't consider it? Well, think about when you you were young. You, you thought you were immortal. You thought you weren't worried about death, even though maybe your parents took you to a funeral and you knew that your pets, your favorite pet, died, and you understood that things die. But you didn't apply it to yourself. You really didn't apply it to yourself when you're young. And I think Adam and Eve didn't really, it was not that big a deal that, that the tree of life, well, we already got life. I mean, you know, they just didn't consider it. Now, I do believe this. Had they been created elderly, in other words, had they been stumbling around the garden, you know, where's my glasses at? Eve, well, they're on your head. Uh, give me my walking stick. Give me my cane. Uh, I get, where are my hearing aids? I can't even hear the birds chirping or anything like that. Uh, where's my Viagra? You know, all the things that come with the territory of, of getting old. Um, had they been created elderly, I think that tree of life would have been so sweet. I think they would have had their eye on it. You know, that, yeah, that, that, that. Now, that's a tree that we need. That's a tree that we desire. That, that's the sweetest tree tree in the garden the tree of life but they were not created elderly they were created fairly young adults and uh, young adults and so they just didn't think about the tree of life and so once they made the wrong choice once they chose poorly chose to sin that tree of life you know god put a the scripture tells us god put a cherubim to guard that tree of life lest they should come back and eat of it and live forever, and and so it, it was it was guarded against that possibility ever happening. Uh, this this tree of life. So who wants to die? You know who wants to die? It's like a country western song. You know, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to go to not tonight. You know, uh, and there's all kinds of stories about the minister that was talking about heaven, how wonderful heaven was. If you, if if you know that's 
That's never excited a lot of people, by the way, uh, the heavenly concept of Christian retirement. But no hands went up at this revival meeting, and and finally someone said, well, look, I thought you were trying to get a busload to go, you know, tonight to heaven. That meant we had to die, and no one wanted to. You know? So n- no one wants to die, and it is an enemy. And as my wife said, David, what's wrong with dying? And I really had to, I think in my own life, realize that it was, a, it was a lack of trust, maybe a lack of faith in things that pertain to God, trusting Him, trusting Him with my life, that whatever comes will come, and, and, and the ability to put my trust in His hand and to pray, you know, God, give me the grace to die well. And I think that's something that we all should pray for, the grace to die well. Now, the concept of me dying well would be lying in my recliner chair and falling asleep and never waking up again, you know, until the resurrection. That that, that would be the concept of me. The gra- When I say the grace to die well, I think that's something that we should all pray for and ask for. But it, it takes a lot of trust in God to to pray that prayer and then to leave it in his hands, the grace to die well. Now, I mentioned that the word claustrophobic, which is, actually it's a form of anxiety. It's an anxiety disorder in which we have irrational fears of, of having no escape or being closed in. And I, I am literally claustrophobic. And I found out many years ago, I rode a roller coaster. And when they put those, they came across your shoulder and they locked and I heard it click. And you are locked in there so that you can't fall out, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but uh, when I realized I was locked in, oh, man, I nearly had a panic attack. I mean, I nearly, I can't get out. And so I'm claustrophobic. I don't care for crowds of people. I can't be in big crowds of people. I, I can't ride in the back seat of a car. I almost have to be, you know, the one, even as a teenager, I would always be the one who drove the car. If if we went anywhere, I was the driver. And I had to be, and here's a word, I had to be in control. And that may be one of the things that is giving you an issue. You have to be in control, or you think you're in control. Actually, you're not, but you have to trust God. But especially when it comes to your life and this body wearing out. Now, I tell you a, a double thing. So so it's two things that actually give us a fit. One, we are trapped in a body that is dying, which leads to claustrophobia, which leads you know, anxiety. Another thing, it's a double whammy, a double whammy, by the way. We're trapped in a world that's dying, that's gone mad. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this one out, that your world is dying. It's not getting better. It's not, you know, the downward, downward spiral. I mean, if you're 50, 60, 70 years old, you, you can look at the condition that the world, it was in a better condition 50 years ago. I can guarantee you that. But you, you know, your world is dying. So here's the issue. We have been, we were designed for freedom. Our spirit, the real you, was created to be ultimately free free from death, free from a world a dying a world that is dying. And the scriptures has so much to say about freedom, you know. It will go through and it will say for freedom Christ has set us free. And it will say now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and 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 
you were you were been called to freedom and and live as people who are free and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and and if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed and and again freedom freedom liberty 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 it, the that there is a, a, a eternal and eternal desire in you that God has placed there to be free free from death free from a dying world a world a world that is dying and anything that enslaves us be it sin anything that enslaves us there's a potential for you to be claustrophobic and to have these anxieties uh, because you feel enclosed you no way out no escape and that is the thing that often gives us a lot of anxiety as we you know come to the end of our life when we realize when the reality hits and there is a day that it hits you know it, it doesn't hit you know when you realize man i am going to die three score three score and 10 which is 70 years or four score which is 80 years but still your days are numbered according to the scripture our days are numbered yes indeed now how how many things in our lives can be can lead us in this area of, of anxiety and feeling claustrophobic well fear of losing control anything that is out of your control and you, and you see in, in a way uh, a dying is it's out of your control you know I once went to a chip program and and it was the seven day Adventist church but they obsessed on health and I'm not knocking I mean, health is a good thing what you eat what you drink and they they just really came down on hard on uh you know you, you, the foods that you eat and of course they're vegetarians and I didn't agree with that but still it was a good program but walking each day uh drinking so much water every day and and it was just this health 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 stay healthy health, stay healthy and I thought to myself when I was taking that program I thought yeah I agree we should be healthy and we should take care of ourselves but here's the point no matter how good you are at doing it that is being healthy you're still going to die you still have to face this enemy yeah you may live longer which is you know, i guess a good thing or it can be a bad thing actually it depends on your health <laughs> you know but you you still have to die uh so there are all kinds of things that that really causes us to to often live in fear and anxiety uncertainty you know, we nothing is certain uh, except death and taxes. You know that, <laughs> but a lot of times we have an issue with uncertainty. We don't know how it's going to turn out. When I went through all these health issues, I, you know, I was, you know, I I didn't know how it was going to turn out, and that uncertainty, you know, can nearly kill you. But 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 life is full of uncertainty out of control you're not in control that's another thing that is you know there's two things that causes a lot of anxiety uncertainty and and trying to be in control of everything got to be in control got to be in control and the truth is we're not we're not in control you know we have to yield that control and then that uncertainty we have to give that to god and say god you are in your the goodness of god is in control of my life so all kinds of things that can create anxiety and, and, you know, sickness, disease, something that you cannot fix, okay? A job that you hate, having no escape, being trapped when we feel like we're trapped, 
uh, often time limits that we place on ourselves, which are self-imposed. You know, I got to get this done in a certain amount of time. Often the the solution there is just to relax and let go and just take, give it a break. Instead of pushing, 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 give it a break and say, God, I'm just trusting you in this area. I, you know, I'm I'm not going to force this. So often we're trying to force things to come to be right, to make them right. Uh, forced control. Uh, we want all of our ins- uncertainties taken care of. You know, anything that you fear, fear of losing a loved one, uh, fear of dying, which is the subject today. It's almost as if God has placed us in a in a claustrophobic world. Uh, for one, it's, it's, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. And he's placed us in a, in a body that can cause a lot of claustrophobia, fears, anxieties, because our bodies are, are getting old and wearing out. And our spirit, though, has always been destined for one thing, and that is liberty, liberty, freedom from all these things. You know, Second Peter 3 and verse 13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. I mean, yeah, this, this is what's coming. You know, a new heavens, a new earth. The kingdom, the government of God is coming to this earth. The resurrection from the dead. No longer, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. This is what we have to look forward to. And yet we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Obviously, we're not there yet. We're, we're not free from unrighteousness. We still struggle. We're in a sin-sick world. We're trapped in a world that we don't even belong. This is not our home, this world. You know, it's, it reminds me of something, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but right off the top of my head. But uh, he said, he made this comment. He said, it's your world. I'm just, we're just trying to live in it. The Christians, you know, it's not our world. Uh, obviously, when you look at all the sin and have you seen these children and missing children, it's not the world that we desire. It's not our world. We're just trying to tolerate it. We're just trying to live in it temporarily, you see. And how much of the world weighs on your spirit, brings you down, makes you depressed? You know, John Eldridge in his book, Get Your Life Back, he says, now we have the tragedy of the entire world delivered us hourly on our mobile devices. And it's true, you know, the computer, iPad, iPhone. Constantly, you are bombarded by everything that's going on in the world. And uh, he said it's like we're being swept into this gravitational field of of a digital black hole that is sucking the life out of us. Our souls are pushed too hard, strung out. And, you know, there's a little test we can give ourselves. Let me ask you some questions here. Are you happy most of the the time? How often do you feel lighthearted? Are you excited about the future? Do Do you deeply feel loved? When was the last time you felt carefree? And, you know, those issues, you know, sometimes the answer is I, I, I don't feel these things. And it's, it's, it's due to too much cares of the world being weighted down by reality, being weighted down in all its ugliness, you know, reality and all its ugliness, being weighted down by a body that is wearing out, being weighted down by a world that is coming apart. And we carry these burdens on our shoulders, and, and it's, it's a heavy burden, and it's a burden that where you, doesn't lead to happiness and, and where you don't, you know, you just feel depressed and, and, and full of anxiety and worry and fear, and, and it's what it leads to. And we need to do what Jesus said, you know, take my yoke upon, you, upon us 
you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and, and it's easy to carry. And sometimes we're carrying too much, carrying too much upon our shoulders. And if you're feeding your mind on the sorrows of this world, that's another reason. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So what is the solution? The problem is this. And I mean, let me give you the problem. The problem is we're trapped in a body that is dying, and we're trapped in a world that is dying. What's the solution? Well, the world part, you know what the solu- solution to that is. It's, it's God's kingdom coming to this earth, which is a promise Jesus made. I will return, and I will establish my government on this earth. So, you know, that's a, the body dying, so the world dying, there's a solution for that. The body dying, there's a solution for that. There is the resurrection from the dead, the resurrection from the dead. But these things can create like a midlife crisis, an elderly crisis, and whatever you want to call it. But, you know, they say that this, this being trapped, this, this claustrophobia uh, can be successfully treated and cured by gradually being exposed to the situation that causes your fear. And it goes like this. Yes, I am trapped in a body that is dying. And yes, I am trapped in a world that's dying. You know, facing that reality you know, Second Corinthians 4, 4 and verse 16 says, For this cause we do not faint, though the outward man perishes, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Yeah, the outward man perishing is a reality as you look into the mirror. But the inward man, the inward man is being renewed day by day. The thing that God, that's important to God, and that is the character building process, that you are becoming more like God that you are developing the character that God wants. That's what's really important to God. That's being renewed day by day. Yes, the outward man is perishing. Yes, the world is is perishing. But there is hope. There is hope. Now, I want to just simply address an issue that it may sound strange, but I think every Christian has has struggled in this area at least for a few moments but would never admit it would never ever 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 admit this and that is what if there is no god you know what what if my faith my religion you know is is not you know what if what if there is no god and you know here there's an answer to that question you know if there is no god you will die and that will be it that's all this is all there is to life if there is no god but you see Here's the thing. You don't believe that. And how, how do I know you don't believe that? Well, we know it by, by the way that we live our lives. You know, you know uh, there's, there's a verse where it says uh, Paul is talking about, you know, if, if there is no resurrection, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Yeah, I mean, let, let's just live however we, we want to live if there is no resurrection. And, but you see, you're not living your life like that. You're living your life in accordance to God's will to the best of your ability with the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. You're not perfect. You make mistakes. Yeah, I understand that. But but you're you're living you're not living your life as let us eat, let us drink, I don't care because we're gonna die anyway. That's not the way you're living your life. And so therefore that tells me you believe in God. You believe there is a resurrection. You believe that God's government is coming to this earth. So even though, yeah, you're trapped in this body 
and you're trapped in a world world that's that is dying there is hope there is a future hope that goes beyond anything we could wrap our minds around so what's wrong with dying what's wrong with dying well we don't like it <laughs> it's an enemy Psalms 116 verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Man, what a scripture, precious in the sight. And I think that has to do with, you know, what God looks, I mean, yeah, God is hard to understand. What God looks at and what we look at, often what we look at is just holding on to this physical physical existence, you know, and, and it's it's obvious by what people will go through to hold on you know they'll go through tubes tubes running out of their body they'll go through all kinds of cancer treatments they'll go through this they'll go through that just to prolong this physical life and that's important to us but god it it's it's a spiritual operation that god is doing one of building character that's what's important to god and and so when that character that god looks at and he says man you know this this is what i'm looking for Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. There's another scripture that always has fascinated me. We we ask the question, okay, what's wrong with dying? Isaiah 57 and verse 1, it says, The righteous perish, and no man lays it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. You You ever heard that expression, only the good die young? It's a lot of truth to that. You know, you you can have this person who is just rebellious and and no character and a bum and a, a deadbeat and and he's he's drunk and he's on drugs and he can get in a car accident and flip the car ten times and 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 just get out without a scratch and and yet here are often good people it seems to be they're taken away taken away way too early they die young. But here's the scripture. Okay, the righteous perish, and no man lays it to heart, and merciful men are taken away. And none considering, what we don't consider is this, this, that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. And often I've thought about that, the evil that is to come. I mean, I see it brewing right now upon our nation, upon our country, upon our world. And you know it's coming. And sometimes I've thought, I don't know if I want to be living when all hell breaks loose upon good old Uncle Sam, you know, America. I, I don't know. I want to be living. So this verse says, look, the righteous perish, and no man lays it to heart, and merciful, merciful men are taken away, not considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. That God has placed eternity in our hearts. He really has, and... Do you know what that means? The fact that God has placed eternity in your heart. That's Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11, by the way. It says he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set eternity in their hearts. Do you know what that is? That is freedom. It's liberty. It's freedom from a world that is dying. It's freedom from a body that is dying, that is wearing out and getting old. Romans 8 and verse 21 says that the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Yes, children of God, you, your purpose, you have a purpose, and your purpose is that this creation is going to be delivered from the bondage of corruption and that you're going to have a part in this 
the liberty of the children of God, you're going to have a part in this and bringing this about. And we know, Romans 8 and verse 22, that the whole creation groans and travails in pain until now. Yeah, you do. You look at your world that's dying, and you look at, you go to the post office, have you seen these children, missing children? You watch the news. You know what the world is like, and it's groaning. It's groaning. And it says in Romans 8 and verse 23, and not only so, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit of God, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, awaiting adoption, the redemption of, of our bodies yes talking about that resurrection from the dead when this physical body is changed from flesh what it is now and it's not a lot of good in the flesh you know it wears out gets old it gets ugly it dies you know that we're going to be redeemed from that physical body and given a new body where there is no pain no suffering no heartache so again being trapped being trapped in a world, being trapped in a body. And yeah, we can, we can struggle with anxiety. We can struggle with fear. And it's not something that should, I think, surprise us. It's not irrational that you have these areas that you struggle with. In fact, it's pretty common, I would say, even among Christians, to struggle in this area. But I like to think about the freedom we will experience on the first day of the new millennium, the new millennium when Christ returns. And I think the words that we will say, words by, I think, Martin Luther King, that when we experience that, that, that freedom, that liberation from a corrupt world, when we experience that resurrection from a corrupt body, and we're given our new bodies and life and the the government of God on this earth and everything is wonderful. We will say, look, free at last, free at last. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to, is that really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.